Welcome to the first episode of the No Degree Podcast. This is your host, Janaid Iqbal, and today's guest is one of the greatest fighters of all time. He's the first flyweight champion in UFC history. He won the 2017 ESPY Award for Best Fighter. He has 11 successful title defenses, the most in UFC history. I have Demetrius Johnson, a.k.a. The Mighty Mouse. DJ was told that he could either play sports or work if he wanted to get things from his mom. He chose to play sports. He placed third during his junior year and second his senior year in the state wrestling tournament. He also played football and ran track. Gaming has always been a passion of his, and it is something he does in his free time. He is a big streamer on Twitch. He started fighting as a hobby, but his work ethic and discipline made him one of the greatest fighters of all time. Learn how DJ moved up, cemented his legacy, and continues to stay on top of the sport. Subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash no degree. Every contribution is appreciated. This show isn't possible without you. Let's get this show started. So, hey, Demetrius, let's kind of take it back. How was high school like for you and what did you want to become in high school? Um, you know, this is Tanner Johnson. Say hi. Hey, how are you? <laughs> so, in high school, I did a lot of sports. You know, I started back from middle school. My mom was very uh, straightforward about you know, what we we're going to do and what the school said. You can either work. She goes, you're going to go to school. Um, here's two options. You can work and pay for your own stuff. Or if you do sports, I'll pay for everything. You know, like car insurance and all yeah. that stuff. And she wanted us to focus on our athletics and schooling. So I took that route. I did wrestling, football, cross country, track. And I excelled in my sports. And after losing my state championship in high school wrestling, I ended up taking third. But after I lost that, you know, I didn't run track this that year. I was like, you know what? I'm going to chill. I'm not going to be an athlete for the last quarter of my high school career. Because I had been playing sports since, you know, elementary. Um, and I was a breath of fresh air, so I went right into working, worked at Parkland Predators, Super Golf Courses, worked at Taco Bell, uh, did construction, uh, masonry construction as a hot carrier. And then I finally landed back at, I finally went back to my original construction job, which is at Kerastar. And at Kerastar, we'll just take recycled paper and we will make it into V board. So let's say you, you order a brand new Samsung 85 inch QLED TV. They got to protect it when they ship it. So it, it's protected by these V boards. And I was a guy who would basically, if you wanted, if the customer wanted it two inch, 15 inch, or 60 inches, I would do that. I'll run a machine, I'll basically cut it that specific, and I'll cut thousands, millions of those, put it in a box tape it up, put it on a pallet and ship it out. Wow. So you had all these jobs and obviously you, your mother instilled a good work ethic in you. What did you like about working or did you even like working? And can you share more about that? I love working. I mean, work is why I think I'm successful as a, a martial artist, to be honest with you. You know, working 40 hours a week uh, for 10, 70, 60 an hour, at the end of the week, you're going to get $400, right? Same thing with construction, making 14 bucks an hour work 40 hours, do some overtime, do uh, prevailing wages, you're going to get money. So for me, I, I never had, you know, I was never lazy, right? Like if I wanted something, then I would work very hard to get it. And I'd get the money and then I would take that money and go do what I wanted. So now being a professional athlete, it's like the harder I work in the gym or the harder I work on Twitch or, you know, building my brand and you know, doing toys or whatever it is, 
there's always going to be a good outcome to it for the most part. Yeah. It might not be financially, but it's building, you know, with the toys or the shirts, you know, the shirt you got on. It, it's not, you know, that's going to pad my pocket. It's building my brand and, and, and creating a footprint of, you know, my name LLC. Yeah. So your mother was deaf, if I'm not correct, right? If that's I'm correct. correct. So how was it growing up with a deaf mind? And you know sign language, I assume? No, I, I learned sign language from my wife, actually, because she wanted to be a special ed teacher. But my mom, she was very good at reading lips. So when we were being raised by her, she told us to look her in the face when we talk and don't cover our mouth. And she would read our lips like it was night and day. And then until I got older, I found out that she was uh, deaf. And she would set up things like we're on a toilet pooping and we need a roll of toilet paper. She was like, beat on the ground. I'm like, mom, toilet paper. So you need toilet paper, baby? Yes. There you go. We never put, put two of you together. You don't know any different unless you know, you're told and that's how she raised us. Yeah. So would you have any, so would you say she was really instrumental in sort of your work ethic and your just views on life? Yeah. She just basically said, if you want something, go get it, you know, work, work hard for it. Um, and I remember when I first got my job at Parker Pettit, I was 15, 15 years old. I walked down there, put my application in, walked back up, back home and they called me. And since then I started working. What was your dream job in high school? Like, what was, like, what'd you want to be like? (laughs) (laughs) Didn't have one. I mean, you think about when you're 16, 17, 18, 18, you're not thinking about, you know, your, your life, your your dream job. You know, I was more focused on sports. Like literally every, every season, football, cross country, track, wrestling, I was always into sports. So for me, all I know is being an athlete. I never knew anything else. Um, Didn't know I was going to be a professional athlete, but, all I knew was being an athlete my whole life. Now you, your senior year, right? You got second in states. Did you ever think you were gonna keep doing athletics, or what was sort of what were the emotions going through you then? No, I, I think after I lost that, you know, that championship, you know, going the whole whole rest season undefeated, only losing once, and you know, I was like, you know what? There's no point to be going to track. There's no point. There's no money in track. There's no money in wrestling. So I'm gonna go to work. I, I, that's what I did. I went to work. I, I went in and. Started working my summer job earlier um, because they opened uh, right where spring hits. And I was just enjoying being a kid. Like, it felt so good to go to school, right after school at 210, getting off, driving in my car, and driving home and hanging out with my friends uh, instead of running, going on the track. It, it was, you know, when I look back on it, you know, there's part of me that's like, man, maybe I should have ran track. But I actually am grateful that I took that last season off of athletics just to chill and be a kid. Don't worry, you got any kids? You got kids? Nah, no kids, no kids. Your ass get there. You're going to be doing the same thing I'm doing. <laughs> no, no, I know. So how did fighting come along? Because you're working full time and you were training like, you still kept in shape, right? It seemed like that was like a poor part of your life. How did fighting start? I moved in with my buddy, Jordan Charlo. Uh, we live in a PLU house. And we, I don't know what came, how we came across it, but uh, we, we saw, you know, like the original... UFC, I think it was UFC 54. Okay. UFC 48. It's on uh, Chuck Adele versus uh, Randy Couture. Okay. We saw Andre Lasky, whatever. So we saw that. We, we, we watched it. And we thought it was cool. And then it came down to uh, the Ultimate Fighter when it was Rashad Evans. Yeah. And Rashad Evans was hit the bag. And I remember back in the day, they had challenges. When you won the challenge, you get to pick a you fight or whatever it was. And I saw him looking at him and saying, I think I can do this too. So I literally went to the gym and signed up and I started hitting the bag. Well, 
I went to the gym and I started hitting the bag. And then the gentleman saw me, Reese Andy saw who I was. And we, I knew Reese from wrestling games back in the day. He was, you want to know how to fight? And I was like, sure. Signed up. And then the rest was history. That's, that's really how it happened. So was that one of the reasons? Because I know Arlovsky is one of the fighters that you idolized, right? So was that, was that the reason when watching that day? Well, it wasn't Andre Arlovsky. I think, honestly, it was a work the workouts. I didn't care about hurting people or how they yeah. hurt people, you know. It was how they got a workout and they could defend themselves on the street from my perspective. And that's, you know, I saw Rashad Evans hit that bag up an incline hill and I was like, I'm sold. I'm going to go work out and start hitting the bag and that's where it started. Yeah, so now you're only, you're still working because you, you're you all about having a plan B because a fighter's life is hard. Yep. And so when you started sort of competing professionally what was going through your mind right because it's not like it didn't seem like hey i'm gonna make the big leagues it was just kind of something you're doing and you're just really good at it and just kept on doing getting better at it absolutely i think the biggest thing went through my mind when i was working and training full-time well i went through a lot of jobs i worked at journeys as an assistant manager at red lobster uh i worked at carousel and i went to restructuring but back at carousel and then once I got my full contract in the WEC, you know, I still work. Even all into my title fight in the UFC against Dominic Cruz, I still work. Um, I think the biggest thing that athletes get confused with is once they feel like they made it to the big leagues and just quit their job. That's that's not the case. Uh, you know, the money the money's good, but it's not great. You know, the athlete with other makes ten and ten. He wins the fight. He made twenty grand. You know, minus twenty percent. So he's left with what? Uh, 16K. 16,000. He's got to pay his management. So there's another, you know, 4,000 gone. So now he's got what? $12,000. And then it's like, okay, well, I got 12 grand to last me, you know, the whole year. You know, that's a thousand bucks a month. So it really doesn't go that far. So for me, it was very important that I kept a full time job. That way you can supplement that income. So all the money I made from my career, starting in WC, I pretty much saved it. Like I, I put it in, you know, investments and all the way up to this point in one championship, I still save my money to this day because you never know when that last fight's going to happen. And I, I've always been a big believer that, uh, you know, you always want to work up until you get to that point where you can sustain your full-time career as a professional athlete. That's, that's a true professional athlete. You know, if you're working full-time at a job and you're also a professional fighter, you're not a professional fighter. You're, you're, it's, it's a hobby. Until that hobby is able to pay your insurance, your car payment, your mortgage, uh, your food, airfare, all that stuff, you're not a professional athlete. My personal opinion. And that's one of the things my, uh, a friend of mine told me, he goes, you know, these guys out here who are fighting at the casinos, think they're pro athletes or not. They're making, you know, two, two to show, two to win. You, know, you made four grand. I can make that in a weekend, you know, doing X, Y, and Z. So, so did you ever think that you would be fighting full-time because it was a different landscape back then right now it's like the um, the numbers that some people make versus what they made before even the minimums yeah i never thought that was happening because when i first got into mixed martial arts the smallest weight class was 155 or 170 we had no interest in going over to overseas to compete because that's a lot of time away from the house and i was still working full-time like literally you know my coach right here would call me like hey we got this fight. Can you make it? And I was like, let me go ask my boss first. He's expecting to time off. And I went and asked him. He goes, I'll see what I can do. And I'll take a week off from work. Literally, I'll go out. It was, you know, I look back on it. I, it 
it brings tears to my eyes. It, it, it was close. It, it was amazing times, you know, me working a full-time job, my wife working a full-time job, no kids. And then my, my you know, coach calls you, hey, we got a fight in Vegas. You, you can make it. I was like, yeah, so boss. Boss says you should get it off. Get a full week off from work. Wife comes down with me. We have a good time in Vegas. I go out there, blow the bricks off somebody. A Saturday, Saturday night, we go out and have drinks. Sunday, we're back home. Monday, I'm right back to work again. Literally, like, right back to work. So how was it at work? Like, when your coworker saw you, they're like, hey, DJ, you're fighting? Because it's, it's different, right? When yeah, you go back like- to work? Well, the guys I work with, they're all older. They're a lot older than me, a lot wiser. And they're like, hey, good job. Um, make sure you get that fucking order out. And I was like, absolutely, I'll get it out. And the reason why, and the thing that was good is that the reason why I went right back to work on that money is because I knew, I hoped that call would come again. And when that call came again, my boss in the headset, he goes, yeah, you can go down. Like, your work's caught up. We'll come over here. And then when you get back, we'll, uh, we'll uh, get you back to work. And we'll appreciate you. So they were really supportive of you? Oh yeah, my my boss Pete Bohaki, still talking to this day every once in a while. He said, "If I there was a point in time I was going to quit fighting to stay in my full time job." And he goes, "If you ever chose fighting, if you ever chose carousel over fighting, I would fire you." I was like, "What the fuck?" But you know, luckily at the time that I made the right decision, and um, he always supports me. He, I mean, he saw something that I didn't see, and uh, I'm grateful that he was very supportive of me to be able to take time off and go into fight because being raised, you know. Whatever pays your bills, that's more important than anything else. A lot of people out there, these Gen X or whatever the hell you want to call them, these new millennials, they think everything's going to come overnight. Like, this is my dream, my passion, I'm just going to do it. No, you got to, if that dream passion ain't paying the bills, you know, you better figure it out because PSC is going to cut the fucking electricity off. Another person who's been instrumental, as you you mentioned, is your wife, Destiny, right? Yep. And then, so how has she supported you throughout She's amazing. She she carries so many different things. I was really thinking about her day. And I was like, she's a fucking monster. She woke up at six o'clock this morning, went to the gym, did a workout, came home, ate. We went to work out again. And now we're home. She took a nap. And now she's cleaning up. We're going to go out to dinner tonight. Uh, but she's always been very supportive of me. But like my sidekick, my best friend, she's very honest with me when it comes to making decisions on my career. And she's been with me since the very beginning. You know, my second amateur fight. She's been with me in the ups and downs. We've been together where I didn't have a job and she was, you know, supporting both of us. And, you know, now I'm able to return the favor. So when like yin yang, we're like, you know, Ebony and Ivory, we're, we're together forever. So when did you become a professional athlete by your own definition? When was that? And when did you decide like, hey, now it makes sense, right? Now I got the bills paid. My second fight against Ian McCall, that's when I literally started thinking of sport serious. You know, I started to train under that human food full time. Um, I quit my job after the Dominic Cruz fight, but I still wasn't training with him full time. So I would say my second email call fight was like when I was like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna you know, take this shit serious. Yeah. So when you took it serious, what what really changed, right? Because you probably saw a lot of improvements in yourself because now you you had more time to dedicate. So what changed when you start training full time? Because you're obviously still winning, you're doing a lot of things, but now it's like a different different level of DJ. Well, I think it was just, you know, the coaching, the coaching aspect of it. You know, I was under my coach full time. You know, before that, I was doing my own thing. Like I was training here, then I would go do my conditioning here. We scratch all that. We're like, you know what? My coach is like, I want to see everything you're doing. I want to, you know, dictate when you're doing this, how you feel. And it'll see different. Even my diet, he wanted to oversee. And then once, you know, I, I came back to that E. McCall fight, you know, beat him, then won the world title flyweight, held the belt for six years. 
Um, he's been one of the best for a very, very long time. And, you know, now uh, I still feel a difference. And it's just a thing you don't have to work, you know, 40 hours a week. That's that's a lot of, you know, wear and tear on your body. When you started, did you, well, even when you won the belt, did you ever think like, hey, I'm going to set, I'm going to set, the, you know, the record in the flyweight division. I'm going to be one of the get greatest of all time, right? Because no matter what, in every conversation, you deserve to be there. You're, you're like on the Mount Rushmore, right? For the UFC. Did you ever think that was going to happen? Or when did you start, when did it start materializing for you? Like, I, I'm it, really this good. Uh, I don't think, it, I would say the biggest thing was that I set a goal and after, you know, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, the eighth, the ninth, part of the thing, I was like, holy shit, I'm going to post Anderson Silva. And I was like, you know what? I think the goal is to break his record. I was like, you know, obviously, you know, John Jones, I think he's had 13 or 14, you know, had a fight, one or two, one of them. But, you know, he's lost the belt, then it's Daniel Cormier, then it's this guy. But when you look at the, the, the last of the division, the UFC flyweight division has been around since 2012. That's eight years ago, right? Six, there's only been three champions, me, Henry Cejudo, and Uh, uh I held it for six years. Then Henry held it for, you know, six, you know, what, a year, year and a half? year and, and a half. half. Yeah. And then you have Figueredo. So six years of my career was trying to break that record. Um, and once I did it, I was like, this is awesome. And for me, it wasn't ever, I guess that was the biggest thing. I never sat there like, I'm going to break the record when I first got the bill. I felt like once I kept getting closer and closer and closer, I was like, okay, this is the goal to break it. Because now that's the minute in, you know, mixed my artistry. I don't think there's ever been a champion, you know, who's defended the belt consecutively 11 times. Obviously, you know, I think the next athlete who can do it is probably Amanda Nunez or Valentina, but they have a different, you know, different side of the career. They're women, you know, if Valentina wants to get pregnant, that's a couple of years off. Obviously, Amanda Nunez, she's gone up to 145, she's gone back to 135. It hasn't been very consistent, but I think those two definitely have the skill set to make it happen. You know, when I think about the athletes, you know, Habib Nurmagomedov is, he's about to be 30, you know, or he's 28, you know, 29, you know, and he just got the belt. Injuries played his career, not played his career, but held his career back. So I think for me, I was blessed to be able to, you know, get the belt at such a young age, defend so many times and, and be successful. So one thing about you is you're really detached from the outcome of a fight. Like you go in there, you do your stuff. Like, why is that? And was it coaching that kind of thought that? It's just you, your personality. I think it's a little bit of coaching and it's a little just my personality. Uh, there's a gentleman that I trained with. I forget the gentleman's name. And I came back one of my fights and I was in the same, in the locker room changing and getting my gear on. He goes, you know what I love about you? I love he goes, you don't care about your fight. I'm like, well, what do you mean? He goes, you fucking win all the time. And you come here acting exactly the same. And I was like, isn't that how it should be? He goes, no, I agree. It's actually a breath of fresh air. It's nice. But you would think that someone who's made it to your level of, of fame or stardom or athletic ability, it would be totally different. But you have a change. I was like, yeah, I'm not attached to my outcome. Because at the end of the day, I know I'm going to lose, right? If I can accept the fact that I know I'm going to lose one day, which I have lost, then your outcome of competing or just your 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 genre or your or whatever you call it it's just in a much positive era i mean don't get me wrong losing sucks winning's a lot better but i feel the person should never have should change their perspective on how they act so 
even when I do lose, I still continue to you know push forward and keep a goal in my brain and keep on striving for my ultimate goal. And even when I win, I, it's the same thing goes. And I think that's more credit to my life because you know I remember when I first lost. You know, when I lost the belt, you know, let's, you know, when you lose, at, you don't need to, when you lose, you don't have the belt. It's like, it's when I lost. When you lose the belt, you're not the champion anymore. You wonder how big it'll be. You, you come home and, you know, your wife still loves you. Your kids still love you. You still got a car. You know, you know, your house is still beautiful. So it's like, okay, it's back day at the office. Let's get back in the gym, get back to work and get back to making money. How do your kids do? Like, do they know that their dad's a fighter and that their dad's on TV? Like, or, you know, how do they do you? As they get older, they do me more as a gamer. <laughs> they see, okay. me, game, they see yeah. me game for to train and fight, and which is I am totally okay with that. I actually prefer that more. I think my kids see me more as a gamer and he's happy in my eyes. I want them to see me as you know uh, an athlete. I want them to see me as their dad, and I want them to see me what see me doing the things I truly enjoy. You've always been a gamer. So what what you what games did you grow up on? Oh God, man! Uh, I grew up with uh, Virtual Nintendo, Super C, Snake Rattle Roll, uh, Platoon, Castlevania series. I mean, the list goes on. And then I really fell in love with Super Nintendo. Then we went with Super Nintendo, the Sega Genesis. Then we did Nintendo sixty four, Dreamcast, and after Dreamcast, I think that's when I got the PS two, and then the PS three, PS four, the PC. And boom, that's that's how it is, man. I, I I love games. Like I'm shocked I don't have a gaming tattoo. Are you planning on getting a tattoo? Nah, I'm too old for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so now the other thing is, you also started streaming Twitch as you were fighting. What sort of got you into that? Because you've always, I, and I know you you're kind of you know holding your son and kind of just watching. You're like, hey, let me watch this. And then, so what made you decide to get on Twitch? You know, I don't know who it was. But someone told me I can watch anything I want on Twitch, any type of video game. And so I was like, okay. They're like, can you, I was like, can you watch uh, Mega Man X? He goes, yep. Yeah. I was like, okay. So I, I downloaded the app Twitch and I saw Caleb Part 42 or 24 streaming uh, Mega Man X, favorite game of all time. I love Mega Man X, Mega Man 2, 3, the whole fucking series. And I was like, man, that's dope. I'm always playing video games as is. And next thing you know, my wife said, babe, you should. Start shooting on Twitch. I was like, really? I was like, I was like, nah. Last time I needed somebody to know what the fuck you want to game. I don't need that. Whatever. She was like, missing the point. She goes, it's a great platform to go to interact with your fans on a different level. I was like, okay. And I remember forget. I'm sure my first game, Final Fantasy XIV, a rubbery born in my underwear in my loft, and I had three viewers. And someone says, you know, you can't be naked. You gotta get some underwear. And I was like, fuck you talking about this my house. <laughs> and then everything else is history. And I can't believe we're going on, I think, what, four years in Super Four years. Four years. So October will be five years. I'm super excited. And, uh, the community I have built, not that I have built that, the Minus Five has built, you know, Matt Walker, Food Diddy, you know, just the list just goes on. Those are like the two, you know, founders who were there in the very beginning with me. And then it's just an amazing community. I think you mentioned recently uh, that, you know, you want to be known as a gamer, right? And not just as a fighter, but you also want to be known as a gamer. Can you expand more on that? I think the biggest thing is an athlete. I think a lot of athletes like to live by that identity, which there's nothing wrong with that at all. I think it's great. And I love I love being known as what I've accomplished in mixed martial arts. But I know that I can't fight forever. So I want to be able to build a great foundation in the gaming, the gaming world space of showing how passionate I am about it how much I love it, how much I want to see it thrive and, and succeed, that, you know, I, I want to have a footprint in it. And so I, that's what made me start the Twitch channel, obviously, to interact with one of my, 
on the platform. But, you know, when I'm done fighting, I want to be able to load up my stream and go and hang out with people. My ultimate goal is to be able to make enough money to fight it when I'm done that I don't have to worry about money. So anyone that comes in through Twitch or anything like that, I'm able to put that money right back into the stream to give a better experience for my viewers and my community. So you seem to be very big on like just community and fans. Like, why is that? And you're you're also super positive because I've been on your streams and sometimes people say negative things and you just really brush it off. Why is that? And how is that? Say that one more time. Uh, no, I, like, I, you know, how are you so positive? Because I see some of those comments, right? You once, not too often, but once in a while, you get someone who's like, you know, who says something. And you're just like, hey, just be positive. Even like people will come defend you. And they'll be like, hey, guys, just be positive. Like, how did you come across? Like, why, why are you like that? Because some people, I, right, emotionally, sometimes they're like, ah, screw you. Yeah. I mean, being in, this, in the limelight for a very long time, you, you, you see the, the good with the good and the bad with the bad. And I think my wife, she's very good about pushing positivity. Like, why not be positive? You know, there's enough negative in the world that overcomes my positivity. So if I can be that light, shining armor in the darkness, of all surrounded by all my negativity and people who come to my channel and have a good experience and have and go to see me as a positive person, I can rub some of my positivity onto them, then I'm doing my goal. I'm, I'm doing I'm doing what I'm happy to do. And the idea is the biggest thing. Some people get so you know caught up with everybody's negativity that I want to be a positive person. And, and you know, not in the game space, but in the mixed martial arts space as well. Yeah, so because I, I realized that. You're very good at talking smack. Like I seen you when you play certain characters, like you're you're on Rogan's podcast. You know, hey, I know what I got. If I really wanted to double, but you never really went that route. And it seems like integrity is a lot. Like you're like, hey, look, this is the man I strive to be. And you don't seem to compromise money over your integrity. Is that sort of Yeah, I I like to think so. You know, I'm I'm I like to be honest, I'm gonna be very transparent when it comes to certain situations. Like I'll never again. One day, my coach came in, and we're all, it was it was me, Tim Boats, Karis Fordor, and I can't remember who else. My coach came in, and he goes, and I love, and this is why I love Brian. He goes, I'm gonna let you guys know now. When I come in here and ask you how you're feeling, how's your back, how's your ankles, I don't care if that hurts. I'm asking you, do you want to make fucking money? I was like, yeah, yeah I don't want to make fucking money. Let's, and he goes, let's fucking make money. Like, so there's, there's parts where, you know, when it comes to integrity, I like to be, like I said, honest, transparent. And somebody goes, man, you should really play this game. I'm like, no, I'm going to play it Why not? I don't care to. You just give me a try. Uh, I, I don't need to. I have the game that's fulfilling my needs right now. Um, yeah, I try to be transparent. I try to be honest and, and if people look at it as I have integrity, then I'll take it. What's up, bud? What's up? So another thing is that what really sets you apart is you're super insightful and you're super technical. Now, were you always this technical or is it something that you just developed over time? In fighting or in general? Just it, it, well, let's talk about in fighting because in wrestling, when you obviously you have to be technical. So, were you did it stem from the wrestling days or and it just carried over or started when you start fighting? I, I think it, it, I think in mixed martial arts, I got really technical because there's so much you can learn in mixed martial arts. And I've been doing it for so long and I would literally train seven days a week. Sundays would just be pure footwork, um, Saturday sparring. Um, and there's a lot of stuff you can learn in uh, mixed martial arts of do's and do's and the don'ts and the don'ts. Um, and I really took that and I really uh, excelled in that. When it comes to like, you know, in general in life, 
you know, I, I kind of, I ask a lot of questions. I ask a lot of questions. If I don't know something, I want to know about it. And I'll do everything I can to grasp all the information I need. Um, and that's right. It, it comes from. Obviously, a lot of people want to become fighters, right? But a lot of people who fight, they want to get the belt. What do you think? What are the few things you think set you apart? I think what set people apart who get the belt, who don't get the belt is athletic ability, skill set, uh, determination, coaching. Well, what around. set you apart? What set you what specifically set apart? What's, what's, I, was, yeah. I, I would say those things, the, the coaching, the determination, the skill set, athletic ability, all that stuff plays a huge role. I would say, you know, the difference between me and Habib Begumrenov isn't very far. I mean, he's a phenomenal athlete, extremely good, great coach, you know, rest in peace, his father. Same thing with John Jones, great coaching, athletic ability, his knowledge of the sport. I mean, all of us, all the champions have something in common. They always have that, that X factor that somebody else doesn't have. Or it could be the right time, right time, you know, right time, right place, right shot, uh, right athlete might get lucky. But other than that, I think it's you know, determination, athletic ability, skill set, knowledge, and determination. So if let's say you're 18 again, right? You have all the knowledge you have now. How would you go about your career? Would, would there be anything you'd do differently? Start playing, start investing earlier. That's it. What do you, what do you mean start investing? You're just outside of athletics? Finance? Yeah, like start shooting on Twitch sooner, start building my brand sooner. But then at the same time, if I were to do that, would I take away from my fighting aspect, right? Like right now, I'm in a, I'm in a place in my career where I can able, I'm able to focus on that. You know, back in the day, I was working full-time, training full-time, and not training, but training part-time. So I don't know if I were to focus on, I'm the best in the stock market, do this and this and this, and I would take away from my athletic ability in the gym. Do you have any other goals left in fighting? Because right, you've accomplished a lot, right? So what are, what are the next goals? Yeah, obviously keep on winning and keep on making money and then hopefully you get the you know the five eight one championship though. So, you know, right now my my I'm every fight is getting me one step closer to my ultimate goal. And once I reach ultimate goal, then I'm like, yeah, I'm done. You know, I think, you know, when it comes to accomplishments and belts and stuff, I think I've satisfied that need for me. Now it's just going out there. It's my job. You know, I'd love to do it and why not continue to do it? It's it's a great source of income and I love to do it. Like what advice would you have so for fighters getting in right now that you know save younger your, fighters save your money and enjoy it now for the gaming future once you start sort of gaming full time like where do you see yourself in that space you know that's a hard one to say because I feel like if I was gaming full time it would have to be just for fun because I am a type of person where I just can't you know I like to have a schedule but me and a wife and a kid it's so beautiful come here Oh, what's on my lap? Dude, sit here. I would say for me, it will come down to I have to find the right the right space. You know, obviously I want to help uh, companies and help launch uh, titles. But at the same time, you know, I I don't see myself being an esports player. I do see myself as a Twitch streamer, but I don't want that to be my my only source of income because that is very stressful. So, what do you think you would have done if you? In a different life, you weren't a fighter, right? Or you stopped. What would you? What do you think you would have done? Um, I think I would have been in construction. Uh, you know, that's where I was in before. But you know, if yeah, I probably would have construction because I think as a Twitch streamer, I don't think I would have the same success that I have now if I went and fought in mixed martial arts. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, it's weird. But when I look at Twitch streamers and I look like, why are they successful? You know, when I look at you know the high paid streamers, and I'm like. 
you know, the only only streamer that I actually truly enjoyed watching was Doctor Doctor Respect. You know, now that I got nice to talk about, I'm enjoying Doctor Lupo. I'm enjoying a lot of other streamers too. Check this out. You're joking now. Mine's cold. Wow. My son just lost his tooth. Yeah, congrats. Wow. Congrats. Good for you. Mm-hmm. All right, next slide. We put it in the toothbrush. So I, I try to think, like, how can I make myself successful? Well, what is a successful Twitch humor, right? And for me, I try to think of what, what that is. And I don't think I reached it yet, but I'd love to one day to reach it. Cool. So, you know, I want to be sort of respectful of your time. Have you ever sort of felt insecure about not going to college or not going to school? Or you feel like, look, I know my stuff. No, not at all. I went to college. I went to college for two years and I was like, waste of fucking time. <laughs> what would you sort of do in college? Um, so I was going to get my AA yeah. because I was told you got to go to college to be successful, um, which I think going to college is, is a great tool to find out what yeah, you want course. to do. Um, you know, I, I, I save money for my children uh, to go to college. So, but for me, I was going to college to take classes. Hey, can you stop that? Do you want my phone? My phone? There you go. So that's what I would say. I mean, I, I don't have any insecurities whatsoever because I learned more. Uh, I learned more as a professional athlete and just ask some questions in the, the business world than going to school. What have you gotten better with over time? Because I know you got better with like certain aspects of fighting, right? As you got older, right? You didn't train as much, but you have this knowledge and you have a sort of different way of doing things. And I know earlier your coach was harder on you and now later in your career, you're harder on yourself, right? So what have you gotten better with over time? I would say getting better at like, you know, financing, just learning, uh, looking for information, looking for creativity, obviously being a better person. I would say just searching for information that could better me as a person. I'm always searching right now. I'm looking to upgrade my Twitch stream. Don't have to. Don't, don't have to, but I want to. I'm doing that right now. And, you know, that. just always trying to be better. That's it. What would you say was the smartest thing you did while fighting? So not outside of fighting where you save money. What, what do you think, or even at one moment, what, like, what moment stands out in your fighting career? Listening to my body. Like, listening to my body, like when I... Had to get my labrum repaired. I did that. When I had to get my other shoulder repaired, I did that. When I needed to take a break from fighting, not break, but chill, relax, I did that. And I was, I was very outspoken to my coach about, hey, this hurts. And we'll figure the way out to train. So has there sort of ever been a time when you're fighting that you're like, well, what am I doing? Like, why am I here? This sucks. Never. Never, never thought that. Never. Maybe when, when I'm doing certain drills while like hitting stuff, but then I'm like, I've never thought that way. Like, no, never have. Yeah. So, what's your favorite aspect of fighting? Uh, the mixed martial arts part, being able to uh, mix everything together. Like, all the other stuff, like boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, that's all great. But I think that have the ability to do whatever you want is my favorite part about it. So, are there any fighters that you're sort of, you see, you kind of see a lot of promise in right now? Some uh, ones. like younger ones, yeah. Is who out of Sonic? One of them, uh, yeah, my kids, they have they have no chill. I'm in here, to you see what I mean? Ah, can I finish this, please? Can I finish this? Yes, I'm gonna finish this. Get out. I, I would say it was out of Sana, uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley, uh, who else? 
Um, those are the two that come top of my head. Yeah, th- those two right now are like the biggest ones I think would be very, very, very good in their career. You know, they're both athletic, they're very both long in their careers, they're long for the division. Um, Paulo Costa, the, you know, the racer, he's very promising, he's very tough, great hands, very, very big. You know, and that's just the surface. You know, those are the guys that, I, that come to the top of my head that are going to be they're going to give for the sport of much work. So, did anything change for you as a fighter when you had, you know, when you had your kid? Because I know sometimes people's motivation change, right? They start fighting a little different. They're like, "Hey, I gotta make sure I don't get hit in the head as much." Oh, one thousand percent. You know, for me, I, 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 I want to make sure I'm healthy enough to have this one yell at me all the time. And, and, and just be smarter, you know, with my career, like, know when to stop. Like, if I get knocked out or if I'm getting fucked up, I'm like, I'm done. I was like, I don't need this. I'm, you know, there's other ways to make money in, in life. But luckily, I've been blessed. I've been taking a concussion. I've been knocked out. I'm not going to win. And uh, I'm going to keep it going. All right. So I just want to, how would sort of the listener support you? What's the best way to sort of support you? Support me. Just follow me on Twitch, Instagram, Twitter. And then, Screen by the Twitch channel. Okay, cool. So subscribe to what's your Twitch handle? The Mighty uh, Gaming. Mighty Gaming. That's it, baby. Anyway, you ain't, you ain't gotta subscribe. Come and chill, hang out, sit back, have a beer, enjoy the chat, enjoy the game. All right. So I just want to thank you for your time. You know, appreciate you, and you know, looking forward to your next fight. Thanks, bro. I appreciate you, man. Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and we'll go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast. On Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree inc. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J-O-N-A-E-D, last name I-Q-B-A-L. Until next time, no degree, no problem, nodegree.com. Yeah, so you got no degree, no problem, no problem, any problem, we can solve it. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving, growing in the knowing. Wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. If you didn't know, now you know. Let's sing that again, everybody. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing. The wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing. The wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going, yeah. Oh, yeah.